You're listening to a session of Come Celebrate, hosted by the Bay Christian Family Church. Well, praise God. I'm excited to be here with you again. Uh, let's start with Proverbs. Turn in your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. If you wouldn't mind putting up the New Living Translation. Amen. We're going to have a good time this morning. Amen. I'm so glad that uh, we're back assembled in the house of the Lord. It's important. Community building is important. Amen. So I know we can hear a good word online or on YouTube or wherever you consume your words or podcasts, but uh, it's important for us to be in the house of the Lord together. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, New Living Translation. Um, If you won't mind putting it up, I actually didn't put the scripture in my notes, but feel led to go this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Is there anybody in here who's made a mistake before? It's okay. You don't have to put your hand up. It's okay. I know. Keep going. Verse six. Seek his will in all you do, not your will, his will, and he will show you which path to take. So this is really important. A lot of us, we need direction in life. All of us, we need God's direction in our lives. But the only way that we could get there is depending on and trusting in the Lord. But sometimes we want to get to the end of getting direction without trusting in the Lord. But notice that getting direction is contingent upon trusting in God first, then not leaning into our own understanding. And as we are uh, coming out of the pandemic and things might have been changing for some of us, for some of us, it's a new season. Maybe uh, we're entering into that space of doing things differently. How many of you all have what you might feel like is a favorite television show or series or something that you would consider a favorite? And a lot of times when you have something that's your favorite that you like to watch, like me and my wife, we uh, like to watch the American version of The Office. I don't know if I have anybody who's in here who likes to watch it. I don't know how popular it is here in South Africa. But you might have your favorite television show. And you know from season to season, sometimes there can be uh, different things that change, right? You might have different characters, new characters that are introduced, old characters that are killed off. Don't you hate it when they take off your favorite character, right? They removed your favorite character. You're like, what's the point of me watching this anymore? Then you have maybe new environments. Maybe you have new storylines, new plot twists, new love interests. How many of you all love the romantic parts of of the shows, right? My wife loves the romantic parts of the shows. When the romance ends, she starts to get tired and disinterested. But, you know, each season is marked with something different. Sometimes you have new plot twists. And I've learned that sometimes when the season is changing in our lives, it's marked by certain things that we can start to discern that the season is changing. I've learned that for me, a lot of times, a lack of peace is something that might happen when God is changing a season. That we've been here for so long, but all of a sudden, you're feeling this uncomfortability. All of a sudden, it almost feels like it doesn't fit anymore. There's this lack of peace that comes that, you know, I used to be in this area. I used to be doing this thing. I used to work in this industry, but it no longer gives me that same satisfaction 
that it did before. Or maybe a changing of season could be a shifting of people. That the people that were around you before, you're no longer as comfortable as you used to be with them. All my young people who are 22 years of age or younger, listen to me real good, okay? I'm going to give you some real good advice. The people that you call friends now may not be your friends in five years or three years. Or the folks that you're in high school with, you're a senior in high school, you're like, yeah, you're my buddy. You, you, you know, you we're going to be together forever. It might be about 18 months before you guys don't even send up any SMS messages anymore. And so I've learned that those that are with you currently may not be those who are always with you. Because everybody who's with you right now may not be called to your destiny. I like to call them destiny helpers. Sometimes you got people who are just there to make an appearance in your story, but may not be lifelong figures to your story. And sometimes when God is trying to change the season or shift the season, he's trying to shift some old people out to make room for some new people. Or a changing in season could also be marked by something else, a change in heart or maybe a change in thinking, a change in perspective, that we saw something one way, but now as we've grown, we don't see it the same way we saw it before. We're seeing it with new eyes, and it gives us a new perspective. And as we continue to learn and grow, how many of you all know that as you go through every season, the Bible stays the same, but it starts to speak to you differently? That's why you can keep reading through the Bible and never think that you have attained all the revelation that it contains. Because in every season that you're in, the Bible will speak to you this, the different way. The same Bible will seek, speak to you a different way. And so, I remember back when, uh, right before I met my wife, and I was in this place, almost like in this changing of seasons, if I could say it like that. And I wanted to be a cardiologist. Now, I didn't always want to be a pastor. I wanted to be a cardiologist. I felt like God had called me into medicine. And so I was going full-fledged toward that in my senior year at Oral Roberts University. I was studying at the university, and I was going to be graduating in several months. And God started to speak to my heart. It actually started with a lack of peace. It actually started with, there was another relationship that I was in. I was actually engaged to another young lady, and there wasn't something that happened that was a trigger point. There wasn't a catalyst. There wasn't some big fighter argument. But all of a sudden, I felt this lack of peace inside of my heart about our future. I didn't know what it was. I wasn't as mature as I am now, and so I, I wasn't able to quite define it, but I knew that it was there. And I couldn't turn it off. And God started speaking to me. And he spoke some things to me. And I, I decided to give some prayer time, some extra prayer time to God. And I said, God, I, I need some clarity. I need some understanding. I'm going to pray and pray until you start speaking to me. And he did start speaking to me. And he said, God, he said, David, this isn't my best plan for you. There was nothing wrong with her. She was a wonderful young lady, but it wasn't God's best plan for me. And so I had to step out and take a step of faith and be obedient to separate from that relationship. We just talked about some things that mark a new season, right? So I had to separate from that relationship. 
And then I met my beautiful wife, Nikki, about five weeks later. Wasn't even looking for her. She just kind of came into my story. I hear the Lord saying this morning that he's trying to introduce some new people into your story. There's some people that he's brought along the way to encourage you in what he's called you to do. And so he brought her into my story, and shortly after that, God started stirring my heart again about something about ministry, something about changing course. And I went to a a college uh, conference, and God started speaking to my heart, and he called me into full-time ministry, and he started to show me a glimpse of the things that he has for me. And I said, God, I I thought you called me to be the cardiologist. And he said, yes, I have called you to be a cardiologist, but you haven't seen things the way I see them. See, I had a lack of understanding. I was only able to see with these natural eyes, you know, doing physical heart surgery. But he said, I've called you to be a spiritual heart surgeon, to be the repairer of hearts of men in the spirit. See, a new season will always come with a new perspective. And so I saw those things. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so God started to change my season. But sometimes as you have a change of season, it can come with a bit of uncertainty, right? Because now you have something that's new, that's different, that's unknown. And some of you all might be going into a new season. Maybe a new season is marked by the beginning of a new school year. Maybe it's marked by the beginning of a new job. Anybody in here starting a new job or just got a new job? All right. Or maybe it's marked for you by uh, moving to a different city or different state or different township, and now you're entering into something new. Maybe it's playing for a new sports team. Maybe you're going out for the rugby team this year. I don't know where, when rugby season is, but, but maybe it's something else. Maybe it's the start of a new marriage or a new family. Maybe you have the birth of your first child, or maybe the new season is starting a season on your own because maybe the marriage ended unexpectedly. Maybe that wasn't your plan. That wasn't God's plan. Maybe going back to university. But I'm here to tell you that God is with you even in the midst of uncertainty. God is with you through every single season of your life. And for the next 16 minutes, I want to talk to you about finding purpose in the midst of uncertainty. Finding purpose in the midst of uncertainty. How many of you all know that you have a kingdom purpose here on this earth? That we're mandated to make disciples and continue to spread the kingdom of God throughout the entire earth. It says uh, in Jonah, Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. We're actually going to study Jonah this morning. And Jonah was an interesting guy. You know, he was, uh, he reminded me sometimes of me, (laughs) Because, you know, all growing up, people told me, oh, you know, they asked me, are you going to be a pastor like your dad is a pastor? I said, no. And then sometimes, you know, Joshua, they would try to prophesy to me. They say, oh, you're going to be a man of God. I would say, get thee behind me. You are not prophesying. You are prophesying. No, thank you. And it wasn't like there was anything wrong with ministry. I love my father. I respected the fivefold ministry office, but I thought that God hasn't had enough Winstons in the earth doing the ministry work. He doesn't need me too. Mom's there. Dad's there. You don't need me. I'm a third wheel. I don't want to be a third wheel in spreading the gospel. They're doing a great job at it. 
Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1 in the New Living Translation. Let's read out of the New Living Translation. It says this, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. Say opposite direction. (laughs) Now don't put your hands up. How many of you all have heard the word of the Lord and gone in the opposite direction before? That's okay. Don't put your hand up. Don't put your hand up. Just look straight ahead. Don't say anything. Nobody will know. And he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. (laughs) Now, how many of you all know that we can never escape from the presence of God, right? He's always with us. Even when we're trying to run from his instruction, he's still with us to remind us, hey, David, (laughs) I need you to go that way. I want you to write notes or write, write this down if you're writing notes. When we disobey God's instructions, things always get rough for us. When we disobey God's instructions. And when God shifts us into a new season, he does so to accomplish his will in our lives and in this earth. See, sometimes we think that this new season won't be as good as the old season. We think that these new people that God wants to bring into our lives won't be as good as the old. I know for a lot of young people, it's hard to leave a romantic relationship because they might feel like I won't find something better. I can't leave this guy or this girl. I can't leave this job. I can't leave this neighborhood because what's ahead may not be as good as what's behind or what God you're asking me to sacrifice. But how many of you all know that God always has something better for you? He always has something better for us. So Jonah was going to be used to bless others by delivering God's message. So the story continues, and I'll kind of paraphrase this morning. God used a big storm to try to help persuade Jonah. There actually says that a big storm rose against the boat and the mariners cried out to their God, but Jonah, he was asleep. And so as the mariners were crying out because the storm was coming against the boat, they were crying out to their gods and they said, Jonah, why don't you cry out to your God? And he said, well, I guess I could, but I know why the storm is happening. How many of you all have read the story of Jonah before? We know why this is happening. And they said, well, why? And he said, because God told me to go this way, and I decided to go that way. And they said, what are you doing to us? What's wrong with you, Jonah? And he said, well, you know, basically I'm fleeing from the presence of God. And he told them that if they want the storm to stop, they have to throw him overboard. And they said, no, no, that sounds a bit extreme. We're just going to try to push through it. Let's push through it. But they couldn't. They tried to throw other things overboard. They couldn't. And finally, they threw Jonah overboard, and the storm stopped. So what happened to Jonah? Did he die? No, he didn't die. The most likely of things happened. He was swallowed by a giant fish. Who do you know that's been swallowed by a giant fish that's alive to tell that story, right? 
Now, I know you have giant, uh, I think, white whales here. Um, and and they, you know, on our tour, they were telling us about some other kind of big whales. And I was just imagining, looking out on the ocean, imagining a person being swallowed up by a whale and then living there for three days. I mean, it must have been tough. No Wi-Fi or cell phone signal. I mean, that's challenging. Can't even go on Instagram, no TikTok, no nothing. And so he's there for three days. And imagine how you would have felt just being there. And often transitioning into a new season can be scary. You know, the enemy could try to bring fear that would make us be timid about walking in the path in the direction that God has for us. A lot of time, fear of the unknown and discomfort is something that the enemy tries to use as a tactic to try to bait us into just settling back into comfortable, into the old season. But what's familiar when it's taken away, sometimes it produces uncertainty. But God uses this lack of stability to invite you to lean on him and to trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your way, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So let's do a little illustration. Uh, Do you mind grabbing me that um, red exercise ball? Now, some of you all like to exercise. This looks familiar to you. And so I'm going to use this as an illustration. And uh, Nathan, where are you? Where are you, Nathan? Ah, yes, here you are. You've been drafted. You're going to help me. Come on up. I'm glad you have some gym shoes on. How you doing, Nathan? It's good to see you. I'm Pastor David. All right. All right, Nathan, what I want you to do is I want you to step on this with uh, both feet. Just put both feet on it. See if you can balance. Okay. Not too bad. Now, I don't want you to hurt yourself, okay? But... I want to see, can you stand on this? You might have to kind of rebalance your weight. Can you stand on this with one foot? So I'm going to give it a go. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, man. You can do it, Nathan, 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 Nathan. Oh, you're doing it? You're doing it? I cheated a little bit. So this is difficult, right? Keep going. This is, this, this is difficult. Now, what could make this easier? It could make it a little easier if I gave you a little help, right? What if I stuck my arm out and then I said, grab my arm? You can grab it strong. It's okay. You can use it to balance. That's a lot easier, right? You can stand on this probably for longer than you would be able to without my arm, right? Now, a lot of times this is what God does with us. He'll bring us into new situations, new seasons, new challenges. There's new people around. And a lot of times when we feel discomfort, we'll ask God to deliver us from the season or from the situation or take us out of something that's making us uncomfortable. But what God does is say, you know what, son, daughter, I'm not going to take you out of what's making you uncomfortable. I'm going to give you my presence. I gave you my spirit. I'm going to give you courage in the midst of uncertainty. Notice God, he he doesn't take away the uncertainty. He gives us his self, his presence, his strength to be the courage in the midst of uncertainty. And for Jonah, 
He didn't take away the calling. He just gave him strength and certainty in the midst of it. He's giving you certainty in the midst of it. I'm standing in for God right now. Giving you certainty in the midst. And it's, it's easier, right? This is what God does for us. He wants to give you certainty to that and through that new situation, that new season. Thank you so much, Nathan. You've been such a great help. Yeah, this is for you. Thank you so much. That's a seed for you. I want you to write this down if you're writing notes. God allows the situations in your life to create the need for him. I've learned that the farther I go in life, the more it's going to cause me to become more dependent on God, not more independent from God. And God gives us each season to build our dependency on him. So the more I walk with God, the longer I'm with God, the more seasons I'm going through with God, he is building in a dependency on him. So I now have to be more dependent on God in this new relationship than I was the old one. I have to be more dependent on God in this new season of being a new father than the old one when I wasn't a father. I have to be more dependent on God in this new job than I was even on the old job. I got to be more dependent on God in this new grade than I was the last grade. And he builds our dependency on him in every season. And he's going to give you confidence through the uncertainty. Now, we got to understand that we can't lose sight of heaven's agenda, that we have to have a divine perspective in each season of our lives. See, sometimes we think that when something bad happens, we can tend to look at it selfishly and lose sight of the greater plan. But I'm here to tell you that we have faith to overcome everything that we'll face. But I also want to let you know that the gospel Aren't, isn't filled with stories that are fairy tales that says that we'll never have challenges, that we'll never have trials. Jesus even said that you're going to have challenges and trials. But be at peace because I'm with you. I can help you overcome each and everything that you go through. And let's go back to Jonah, Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1. And it says this in the New Living Translation, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Come on, somebody say prayer. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. How many of you all know that God will always answer you as you pray to him? And verse 7, let's skip down. Verse 7, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Verse 10, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out on the beach. Chapter 3 and verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Say a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, you keep asking God for something else because you don't want to follow the original instruction. I can say I've done it before. 
I've prayed to God after he's given me his instruction. I've prayed about that thing before. And somebody's asked me about it and I'll say, well, I'm praying about that. And the reason I'm praying about that wasn't because I was trying to be real spiritual and deep. It was because I was trying to get God to say something different than he had already instructed me to do. And I've noticed a lot of times when I have youth, they'll come up to me and they'll say, Pastor David, you know, I want prayer and I'll pray with them. But sometimes God will give me an unction. He'll give me a quickening. And we'll start to pray and I'll say, God says you already know what to do. And you've come up here for prayer, not because you want strength to do that. You want me to pray to give you an instruction to do something other and contrary to what God has already asked you to do. But this morning, God is saying for the second time, do what I originally told you to do. What has God told you to do? What is that instruction? You know why that's so important? Because we can learn from Jonah. In verse 2 of Jonah chapter 3, he said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. We, with our obedience, will always affect other people. Sometimes we can have this perspective that it's just us, right? It's just me. Like, like my disobedience won't affect anybody else. Or me just taking my time and being obedient to the instruction of the Lord won't affect anybody else. But I'm here to tell you that the kingdom of God is being advanced through you. And when we do not adhere to what God is telling us to do, we are stopping the blessing on our lives, and we may be prohibiting somebody else hearing the message of the gospel. Somebody's watching your testimony. He's watching what God is doing through you and in you. You're a walking billboard for God, for his goodness, for his mercy. And just like Jonah, he wants to deliver a message through you. And you might say, well, hey, I'm not in five-fold ministry. I'm not a pastor, a teacher, a prophet. I'm not like a Apostle Allen. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even like Joshua. I'm not preaching in conferences. But God still has a message that he wants to tell through your life. Through your life. And so what was the result? Jonah finally obeyed and he delivered God's message. And the king of Nineveh and all the people, they turned from their evil ways Jonah, he delivered the message, and guess what? The king called a fast and called them to repentance. And the great thing was that the city of Nineveh was saved. It was spared. God actually said, you know what? Because they've repented, because they've changed their heart, I'm actually changing my mind. I will not destroy the city any longer. Notice that the entire salvation of a city was based on the obedience of one man's message. An entire city was spared because one man decided to obey God. What if he didn't obey God? Could the city have been spared? I'm not sure. Would God have sent somebody else? I'm not sure. Would the city have been destroyed? It's possible. But I do know this. I can always guarantee the best outcome when I obey God. When we obey God. How many people in here are looking to obey God? How many people are going to obey God when he speaks? So here's some lessons I want you to walk out with on this Sunday morning as we bring this to a close. 
Jonah had to go through something that was painful, uncomfortable, and brought uncertainty so that others could be saved. So number one lesson I think we can learn is that there was still purpose even in the midst of his pain or uncertainty. There was still purpose even in the midst of his uncertainty. And I want to let you know that as you trust God through every single season, through every single circumstance, know that there's purpose in it. Sometimes we don't understand the path that God is leading us through, but there is purpose in it. We don't understand why God allowed us to go through this season or this situation or this circumstance. You say, well, God, you see everything, you know everything. Why did you allow this to happen? And you know the resolve I've come to is sometimes it's not about me. It's about somebody I meet along the way. Somebody else needed to hear about the gospel. I remember when we got our, our, uh, our house eight years ago. We just sold our house, but when we got that house eight years ago, it was a great blessing. We had been praying and believing for that house for years. We finally got it. Oh, it was a tremendous blessing. And you know what actually put a little bit of a damper on that is for the first, I'd say, six weeks, we had plumbing issues, lots of plumbing issues. And you know, there's nothing worse than moving into the new house. You're celebrating with your beautiful wife and family. You have a nice jacuzzi tub. Your wife takes a nice jacuzzi bath there. And then after it's all over, two hours later, we find a bunch of that water in the basement in a broken pipe, falling out of a broken pipe, falling out of the ceiling. Yeah. I know, I feel you. And so we had that issue. Then we fixed that issue. Then we had another issue. Then we fixed that issue. And then we had another issue. Then my wife had a quickening. Say quickening. She had a quickening of the spirit. She said, you know what? Because the same plumber kept coming to fix. We kept calling the same company. They kept you know, sending out the same plumber. And she had a quickening. She said, you know what? Maybe, and the guy's name was Alex, we said, maybe Alex just needs to get saved. I think we need to get Alex saved because I am tired of having plumbing issues. I'm tired of Alex having to keep coming back to our house. And I laughed at first, but then the quickening hit me too. And I said, you know what? You might be right. Now, the first time I think he came out, I think we actually, we were getting rid of some equipment. I think we are getting rid of our bed frame. And we gave that to him, or headboard and, and some other things. We gave that to him. And he couldn't believe that we were giving it to him. It was nice. It was expensive. And he needed it. And I think that that sowed the seed for what would happen later on. And so that third time he came back to the house, we said, Alex, do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? <laughs> we want to introduce you to our friend Jesus. Because, you know, we love you. We want you to be saved. But we also want our house to be dry. <laughs> and so once you know, Alex, he received Christ that day. Amen. And that's a great thing. Praise God. We can put our hands together for that. But what I learned that day is that my next lesson is that to God, the saving of others is more important than our temporary discomfort. Sometimes God will allow us to be temporarily uncomfortable 
to be able to introduce somebody else to Jesus, to be able to show forth his goodness to somebody else. Because just like he loves and cares for you, he loves and cares for them just as much. His desire is that all be saved and come to the knowledge of him, that all come to repentance. We are all characters in God's story. He's not just a character in ours. And there's a divine will and purpose. And my last point, my last lesson. Jonah could have avoided most of the pain by being obedient. He could have avoided most of the discomfort by being obedient. So my advice to you today, be obedient quickly and often. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's not just a good quote for a greeting card. That's something that we are told to live by. If you need direction in your life, if you need instruction, if you're looking which way to go, today I encourage you, trust in the Lord. That there's purpose still in the midst of uncertainty. That no matter what season of life you're in, maybe you're exiting an old season, maybe you're going into a new season, or maybe you're starting to feel lost in the current season. I'm here to tell you that there's a purpose in it all. And when you follow God and his plan, he said that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He has a plan for you, and it's a plan for good, for a future, for a hope, to bring you to an expected end. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, that he's already written about you in heaven. He's already spoken some things about you, and the word that he gave you still stands. We got to have faith that God can bring his word to pass in our lives. So I encourage you, stand on the word of God for your family. Stand on the word of God for your career hopes and aspirations. Stand on the word of God for your finances. Stand on the word of God for that new spouse. Trust God with your relationships. Trust God with your friendships. Trust God with your schooling and your schoolwork. Trust that God will give you the right teachers, tutors, and mentors. And trust that God has a plan in it all because his plans are for good. He's leading you to the right place and the right path. And he's gonna use you to be a blessing to others, to your friends, to your family, to your neighbors, to your network, to all of Cape Town, to all of South Africa, to all of the world. He wants to deliver his message through you and through your lives. But the question is, will you be obedient? Will you trust him through the midst of uncertainty? Will you trust him with your all? He's going to give you direction. And he's going to make it so that the world sees that his blessing is on your lives. Amen. Come on, somebody give God a praise. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us this word today. I thank you, Lord, that as we receive this word, that you would continue to speak to our hearts about exactly what you want us to do. Lord, it's not our will, but your will be done. Not our kingdom, but your kingdom come. We're not here on earth to try to do something void of your direction. We love you, Father, and we thank you for the great things that you're doing in our lives and in our hearts and that you will lead us every step of the way. Father, give your people courage. Give them the peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, Father, for giving us faith. For we declare boldly today 
that we will walk by faith and never by sight. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this session of Come Celebrate. We hope you enjoyed.